Hello, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to episode 13 of 35 Minutes. We're really cruising as we get to the end of June here. Uh, I'm in and out of the city the next couple of weeks, but the way it's scheduled, I will not miss a week of content because I am just addicted to it. I love it. It's fun. These conversations are really making my life better, and I hope you're enjoying them as well. Just a little reminder, if you love the podcast, five stars in the Apple podcast. I don't know it's a store anymore, the app. Throw some five stars and just put it up in your Instagram story or text somebody. Do those things right now. I'm going to give you two seconds. There you go. You did it. Thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, This next episode is with the lovely, the kind, the smart, the talented Christine Pando. Uh, She was a year younger than me in school growing up. And she's always been somebody who's funny and smart and interesting. And it was so exciting to hear about from her, uh, from here about how she went from music ed, music ed, music ed to doctor, 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 and how sometimes the big decisions in our lives, they happen slowly and then just sort of all at once. And it sounds like she's exactly where she needs to be right now doing really important work. And I was very proud of her and we had so much fun. It was, um, it was one of those conversations that, um, at no point did it feel like, like work, you know, it was just, it was just talking to an old friend, which is always what we're going for. Uh, so please check out this awesome, fun, exciting episode with the accomplished, the kind, the interesting, the sweet, the funny. Christine Pando, everybody, get into it. Bye. Pando, how's it going, How dude? Pretty good. How are you? I'm Long good. Long time no see. Yeah. It's been, last time I saw you was at UCB. <laughs> do you remember? Oh, God, yeah. We ran into each other at a comedy Jeez. show. Yeah, the was good old tr- days. Was that the Trumpet Boys show? Yes. Oh, my God, I forgot about that one. That yeah. was a, that was, that was a unique one. It was really unique. Well, what made me laugh so much, we saw this, like, sketch show, Ando and I, of these boys that, like, would, like, kind of play the trumpet and kind of, like, do other stuff. And I was like, oh, like, I'm at a comedy show with somebody I know from band, <laughs> and I'm watching band jokes, and it felt really, it was sort of, like, serendipity. Um, Especially as from? like, I, 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 when I imagine you as a trumpet player, I kind of view like imagine you as that kind of uh-huh. trumpet player, you know? the goofy guy running around. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I miss that. That was my favorite part of marching band, just like the running around with the goofy trumpet people. Absolutely. Um, I'm calling you from Milwaukee, actually. Uh, Milwaukee. I've, I've lived here a week, and I'm going to spend <laughs> the next four years here. <laughs> wow. Okay. That, that's so exciting. See, this is what I like about this podcast, um, that like we get people, you know, we've been out of high school almost like 10 years now. Yeah. And so you get people at this interesting time in our lives where it's like, we're sort of like becoming fully formed, but we're also like a lot of us are transitioning to new things. And that's really exciting. So you're in Milwaukee for to do something doctor related. Is that right? Yeah. So I'm starting. Yeah. You really caught me at quite the transition. Uh, my residency starts in like a week and a half, something like that. Wow. Okay. And <laughs> yeah. so, so residency as in you've matched somewhere. Yeah. Okay. And what is your, your now, is it a specialty or is it a subspecialty? Uh, OBGYN. Cool. Very cool. So, yeah. Good for you. So is that a lot of like, you're watching births? Or is yeah, it a lot? The, yeah. The first two years will be a whole lot of births. Um, wow. Catching babies, doing C-sections, all that sort of stuff. Uh, and then oh. the second half will be a lot more like uh, 
gynecology, like surgery related. You know, people don't like imagine OBGYNs as people who are in the OR a lot of the time, but mm. uh, but we are. You know, yeah. I want to be a surgeon. So cool, very cool. Yeah. I love which will be even more school or more fellowship, right? Yeah, it'd probably be about another three or four years after residency. I love it. I love it. Yeah, look, I, you know, I had Allison Shen on the podcast and she's, yeah. I guess, finishing up her residency. Mm-hmm. And so it's, and I have my friend Brandon is a orthopedic surgery resident at Hofstra, actually. Oh, wow. Traveled the whole yeah. world and then he matched it. Or not at, um, not Hofstra, at um, Winthrop. So yeah. he's now like around the corner from the high school. He like drives past the high school on the way to work. Um, that's exciting. Uh, good for you. Was it was was OBGYN your your top choice? It was. Um, I kind of thought about it going into med school. I had no idea what I wanted to do. You know, mm. um, it was a big, obviously a big leap from being a music teacher. Yeah. <laughs> well, oh, believe me, we're gonna get into it because I, yeah. you know, I had a similar path. Um, yeah, totally. Um, yeah, I know. I kind of thought of it pretty early on in med school because of, uh, I realized, you know, there's a lot of LGBTQ people out there that need to go to the ob you know, whether they're yeah. female presenting or male presenting or anything else. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was kind of the first thing that kind of went off in my head of like, oh, if I go into this, there's like a really, really great way I can help my population, uh, my community. Uh, and then it turns out I like the OR. I like Cutting yeah. people open, so. <laughs> no, I mean, that's really important. I think, I think the, when I think of like progressive medical treatment, mm-hmm. um, I've seen people talk about like male ob and they're like, some people it's fine. Some people it's not fine. Like some women mm-hmm. prefer, or some people um, who go see the OBGYN prefer to have a female. And then it seems to me like you're saying, like, oh, it's also important to have queer people, queer doctors, queer uh, medical providers too. That's like an an even um, an even more inclusive way to do medicine. Is that something totally. that's important to you? Yeah, I mean, everyone wants to have everyone. You don't necessarily need a doctor that looks like you, but you want to at least see other doctors around that look like you. You know, mm. like patients need to see themselves in their doctors at some point. Mm. You know, uh, in their lives. So it's just another way to really, really do that. Yeah, that's really cool. I think this is not the same thing. I do not want to compare mm-hmm. my plight, but <laughs> I did my doctor growing up, this guy, Dr. Sartori, great man, mm-hmm. was my pediatrician for a long time. And, you know, we would I would go in once a year and we would have an amazing conversation. And he mm-hmm. was the first doctor I ever talked to who was like, well, I was like, hey, like I made out with somebody and she has mono. And do I have mono now? And he, like, <laughs> you know, like I'd never yeah. like shared that with someone. Um, and what I loved about Dr. Sortori, one of the things that I loved about him, besides him being very nice, is that he was like a big guy. He like really struggled with his weight. Mm. And it was a thing that he knew he had a problem with and like his weight would fluctuate, but he was always like really trying. And I always appreciated that where it didn't feel like he was like above me in any way where he was like, yeah, man, I have struggles too. Like, yeah, you're a little high here. You know, this could be better, but like, I get it. Um, Absolutely. And that's, yeah, it's been that's funny, nice like going through medical school of being like, we're just all t- so like, we're so normal, you know, like yeah, yeah. med students, we'd go out and get drunk after tests, like we're over and, you know, yeah. we still have like a wide range of <laughs> mental illnesses in our class and just like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're barely getting through life just like everyone else. So mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. let's just talk about it. <laughs> yeah. They're just, just people. 
What do you think people are totally. like? Those are what your doctors are like. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's an encouraging thing. I think um, it's 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 one of the terrifying and exciting things about being an adult. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> we're like you know people you admire. They're just people. Totally. Um, okay, so you're in Milwaukee. You said. Mm-hmm. So is it Buck? Are the people going crazy for the Bucks right now? Yeah, they are. Absolutely. I had to like, I only, I had to get here and kind of figure out what was going on, but <laughs> yeah. I mean, Cause you're, I mean, they're, they're good. And well, I'm in Queens, but let's assume, let's say, I mean, they're playing Brooklyn right now and Brooklyn yeah. dominated the first two games and now Milwaukee won the last two and yeah. the Nets have injuries. And now like the whole world is like the Bucks, Milwaukee, it's happening. <laughs> but it, what's funny is that it was so dire four days ago and now it's like so not dire and yeah. so I, it's weird i've been thinking about milwaukee a lot and now you're there um, totally cream city is that what they call it We're, yeah i don't know why i actually saw that on someone's shirt yesterday downtown and i was just like but why is it because of the beer it's probably because it's of the probably beer, because but, of the beer but also the dairy you know we, mm, yeah. <laughs> we got two things we got beer and we got cheese <laughs> okay are you into those things are you a beer and cheese person who's not i mean <laughs> well said well said i haven't had a bad beer yet in milwaukee so okay which i think says a lot yeah that's good well it would be a shame if they matched you there and you're like i'm actually lactose intolerant and i don't drink <laughs> um so it's good it's good that you fit that mold um definitely that's really exciting okay so so pando let's work back a second because yeah. um we did marching band. I've known you forever because you were in my sister's grade. Yeah. I think I remember seeing you play soccer when I was like six or something. <laughs> I was like, oh, Pando's on case. You know what I mean? Like you just like yeah. have memories. Totally. Um, and uh, so I've known you for a really long time. And then in high school, we had the same nerd group activity. <laughs> it's funny. I've had Mr. Seneca on and I had Allison Chen on. And now yeah. you're like a oh we can do i've like, interviewed a doctor and i've interviewed a marching yeah. band person so like i'm i'm like i'm really equipped to do this pando um <laughs> i'm ready <laughs> um, <laughs> um so i guess i want to talk to you first about mm-hmm. about band and like your first love because choir yeah. was my first love too and i want you to think so like when did you when did you get into band how old were you when you like started to dig it really like right away Mm. I remember I remember so specifically like I took piano lessons and it was like fine you know Mm -hmm. like before Mm -hmm. band happened but I remember taking home my clarinet like from Stratford school I remember taking it home and like putting it together and just like not putting it down Mm. I just like played through as many like I was able to figure out fingerings myself I just like played through as many like lesson pages and that that book I could and I remember going to like our band teacher the next day and just being like, I want to show you how much I did. Um, mm, I like, effort- yeah, I, and I would like effortlessly practice for like an hour in like fourth <laughs> or fifth grade. Mm. I, I just like thought it was the coolest thing. I love that. Did, did you watch the <laughs> Queen's Gambit by any chance? Yeah. Yeah. Mr. They're not the same person, but Mr. <laughs> Benvenuto reminded me of Mr. Shival. <laughs> Especially through that elementary school lens of like, yeah, you know, like, this, we, like I've never seen him as an adult. Yeah, yeah. And like Mr. Shrabble, I think, had 
way more problems than Mr. Benvenuto yeah. did. Um, but they both like, you know, the band room was like kind of tucked away. Yeah. It was carpet. Um, I just remember yellow carpet and that smell and grease. A lot like of like walking through that back hallway all the way to your lesson. Like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With the other, because you used to do lessons like with a whole, with your whole like section basically. So it was like yeah. all the fourth grade clarinet players or whatever. Um, okay, and why? So I remember the form. Where he's like, what what instrument do you want to play? And my form yeah. was like, if I remember correctly, it was like trumpet, saxophone, drums, something like that. Do you remember your mm-hmm. form? Do you remember like what you were interested in? I feel it, it was that clarinet was definitely number one. A classic like younger sibling just copying my older brother. Oh, it's also, okay. Monkey see, <laughs> yeah. monkey do. Okay, cool. Uh, and then I think feel like number two was probably saxophone. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I mean, I picked up that later. I have no idea what number three was, though. Who knows? Yeah. Um, I don't know why I have such a strong memory of that. Maybe it's because my mom was like, band is good. Do band. I think she was like, <laughs> I think she could tell early on. She's like, sports, not for you. But no. band, you could do band. Um, Can you play soccer? Let's just. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So you pick the clarinet and yeah. and you dig it. Um, I was when you were talking about practicing. Do you remember when, like, the first time you could play like a chromatic scale, and you're like, I know oh, yeah. every note. And Isn't then, you, that- oh my gosh, yeah, <laughs> all the time. I yeah. used to remember. I remember being that age and being like, I don't understand trumpet. They just like, there's just three. They can only play like this many notes. I just don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because you're so hyper focused. Totally on your own thing. Yeah, it's so funny because now in in retrospect, I guess like even as I got to high school, you start to like, oh, I get it. One finger down at a time. Right. You can play a C scale or B flat major yeah. or whatever. Um, but, okay, so you're playing the clarinet a lot. Uh-huh. And obviously Mr. Benvenuto's like, you're getting stickers, right? For all the, oh. the practicing that you're doing. Oh, covered. Yeah. Covered in stickers. Covered in stickers. <laughs> I love it. Um and so that's like fourth and fifth grade. And like, mm-hmm. I imagine like you're good if you're practicing that much and you enjoy right. it. You're like, <laughs> are you excelling? Do you remember, do you remember like getting like a solo? Do you remember like getting any feedback where you're like, oh, people are digging this? Um, I feel like my biggest, I was, like I was always first chair. I feel like my biggest thing was like, I don't think any of us did actual, like did a Nisma solo in fourth grade mm. so then he just kind of like picked an all-county player and i was just like chosen you know nice, nice. he just like was able to pick it out of like that i was going to be the one i feel like clarinet wasn't really a big solo thing in a like fourth fifth grade <laughs> sure 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 <laughs> but i was definitely already the band kid even mm. that early in life like people knew that <laughs> yeah yeah and hell yeah we were lucky we had i like that guy mr Mimito. he was a he was yeah. a good dude we had a jazz band we were like yeah doing we like, did um it was a good time it was a really good time life was simple we had a, we had a wind ensemble mm-hmm. we had a better group <laughs> yeah it's like, like moving up you're playing with the fifth graders yeah it was yeah. a big um it was a big deal um i remember i remember a highlight for me was in um in fifth grade band with the trumpet where we go to the Colebrook trip, which has since uh-huh. been abandoned. But I was one of the people that played taps at Colebrook. Oh. And I was like, oh my, like. You're it, it really was, cool. It was <laughs> the height of, like, it, yeah, it was like singing. For me, it was like singing the national anthem at the Super Bowl. I was like, I have made it. I have never been more cool. It's like, oh, you guys brought your sleeping bags? We're like, I have to bring my trumpet on this sleepwear trip. 
Especially like last month of fifth grade, you're already on top of the world anyway. Oh my <laughs> god! That, being a uh, being a fifth grade second June of fifth grade is like arguably like better than being a senior in college after finals. It's peak self confidence for sure. Yes. <laughs> yeah, you haven't been like tainted by the world. No. It's like the most pure senioritis in the because yeah. the whole four years were senioritis, <laughs> but. Um, yeah, I that's a that was a very pure time. Um, okay, so you get into you're into the clarinet, mm-hmm. and then and then middle school starts. Yeah, um, and where you start middle school, we start like declaring like who we are in some way. In high school, even yeah. more so. Um, do you remember middle school music? Do you remember like still digging it? Oh yeah, um, it can even I I even came into the middle school kind of knowing I wanted to be a music teacher. Mm. Um, I kind of decided that at the end of fifth grade. I remember very specifically. I it was a shout out to Lee Dowden. She had us uh, in fifth grade. She had us write a ABC essays. So like every week you'd have to write an essay like based on the letter U, you know, and the next you do V or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And my mom was. I had no idea what to write for V. It was the end of the years. Like so burnt out. My mom was like, "Why don't you write about like a virtuoso? Why don't we write write, write about Mr. Benvenuto?" And at the end of that essay, I wrote that like, "Oh, I'd like to be a music teacher." And like it just like stuck. So I came in like to middle school like guns blazing. Yeah. Um. Like I had learned saxophone over the summer, so I was ready to play in jazz band. Whoa. I like very quickly started asking like Mrs. Boonshaft about like other instruments. You know, I like dabbled in oboe or whatever, and and, mm-hmm. uh, and then eventually, I think at the end of sixth grade, I found the bassoon, and that's that's the one that stuck. Cool. Yeah, remember doublers? This yeah. person's a doubler. They play more than one <laughs> instrument. I loved it. Um, that's cool. So so on your own, you decided to play the saxophone after fifth grade. Yeah, I was like, this is lame. I can't be in jazz band. Oh Let me, yeah, like, no, no clarinets and jazz band. Yeah. Classic. Yeah. Um, yeah, and you hear that music because that's like, you know, elementary band music is elementary band music, and yeah. like you'll find some good stuff. But the jazz stuff is the first time. I remember playing trumpet in the jazz band. I'm like, oh, like this is we're playing like the Flintstones theme cool. song. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and like, um, <sighs> we played some Chicago. There's always good horns in like Chicago. Yeah, like 25 or 6 to 4 is like yes. classic. So, so good. good. <laughs> it's like really satisfying to play. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Da, 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 da. Oh, the best. Um, okay, so you learn saxophone. <laughs> you're like, now I can be in. And middle school, I just remember there being like so many bands. There was like yeah. school bands. And then there was like early morning bands. And like there was you're a right. pops band. Oh my gosh, there were so, so many early mornings. Yeah. Yeah. And now that I think back. Because like I played the French yeah. horn a little bit, and then I played. I really always wanted to play percussion. That was like a recurring theme in my life. So I ended <laughs> yeah. up doing one of the bands. They were like, "Yeah, Gabe, like play percussion," mm. and so they threw me up in, and it was fun. You know, bongos, yeah. a little snare. It was great. Totally. It was super super fun. Um, okay, and so you eventually you find the bassoon. Yeah. And what? Tell me about this romance <laughs> with the bassoon. <laughs> um. <laughs> The way I kind of described it is like I was always asking for other instruments, you know, like constantly. Mm-hmm. I think like mm-hmm. I even was able to like get the student teacher at the time to like give me a lesson on trumpet, like for no reason other than yeah. the fact like I wasn't satisfied with the clarinet. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I 
like dabbled in oboe. It was okay. It was fine. It wasn't mm-hmm. like clicking or anything. Mm-hmm. And then I walk into I walk into the band room to get my little like rental sheet for the summer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> to write your instrument. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And uh, I walk up and Mrs. Boonshaft is just like holding out her hand. And I was like, what? She's like, just like show me how big your hand is. And I was like, okay. So I did it. And then she was just like, do you want to play bassoon? And I had no idea what it was. Never even saw a picture of it. And I was yeah. like, sure. So then I think I came, I think the next day I like went to the band room and tried it out. And I didn't really ask for another instrument after that. I think it was just like hmm. so quirky and so weird. It was like exactly <laughs> like what I needed. <laughs> yeah. Cause it combines, it's almost like a clarinet and an oboe and a didgeridoo. Yeah. Like, stayed up late and had fun and absolutely made, made a bassoon because uh, it kind of just looks reed, like a bazooka <laughs> yeah it's long and and it's not when we were in fourth grade it was not on the list of options oh my gosh no. was not because it's like yeah it's like a next level you've leveled up and it's so random that people who like eventually play it like who knows how they you know there's billy beecher who was like yes uh like a class above you and like mm-hmm. amazing i went to college with him too mm-hmm. but uh mm-hmm. you know and then there was like emily mangus who you talked to <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> and i sat next to emily mangus for a year in band it's just like did she you know, play the bassoon too she played the bassoon yeah that's so of course she did that's right? so <laughs> funny Oh my God, that's so funny! But like, I don't know who handed it to her for the first time. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, we... <laughs> um, yeah. The bassoon is like an off-menu item. Yeah. At a restaurant, it's like if you know who to ask. If, you, if Mrs. Boonshaft is at work in the kitchen, you can get access to it. Right, um, and whether you're good at it or not, it doesn't really matter. You're all like kind of quirky people, and you're yeah. all like gonna get along. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a self-selecting. It's a self-selecting group. Um, that's really sweet. <laughs> so you start playing this and like, mm-hmm. it is, I imagine, I imagine, you can correct me if I'm wrong, the transition, yeah. you're playing the clarinet, you're practicing a bunch, saxophone, mm-hmm. very similar mm-hmm. embouchure, similar, not the same, but you yeah. kind of get it. What is the barrier to entry for you with the bassoon? Do you remember like, it's just like a whole different mouth feel. That's a good question. Yeah, I think, Definitely, not even is it like a whole different mouthfeel, but it is like so much about breath support. Mm. And I think, you know, up at, at that point in your life, yeah, we like knew that we needed to, you know, support our sound mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. with our core, but we really like still weren't like we weren't doing it really. Um, but like little head so, breaths, we're just like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, as opposed you know, to like, like full deep, deep support. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so getting that and really balancing, uh, you know, not having like a reed to put your teeth against. So all of a sudden it's just all your lips mm. um, and really balancing like how tight do your lips have to be or how loose do they have to be. It's. Uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But you're digging it right wow. away in a oh, way that yeah. the oboe did not. The oboe just like make my head hurt. There's. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> there were only two instruments, like, you know, fast forward a little bit into college yeah. where I had to, you know, I took a class and every instrument. Yeah. There were only two instruments that like would almost make me pass out. And it was the oboe and the tuba. Like. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And they're different, but like they both require like an insane amount of air, but for different reasons. Yeah. Right. It's like oboe. You're like shooting your air through like the tiniest little hole and it's just all coming, shooting right back at you. And yeah. the tuba blowing it like goes nowhere (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i had a trumpet teacher so i had a beard throughout college Mm -hmm. and now and my trumpet teacher was the principal 
My drummer teacher in college was the principal, first chair trumpet player at the Syracuse Symphony, which became oh, Symphoria. Nice. And he was a great yeah. guy. And like we would, and like trumpet lessons were like the seventeenth thing on my list. Mm, but totally. I had the, I had the scholarship where they would give me free lessons, so I was just like, oh nice, taking voice. And then I, I had a, an hour piano lesson each week that I would split into two half hours. So I'd go like Monday Friday, so I'd get yeah. in two lessons, and then I would throw in a half hour trumpet lesson, and just like never had time for it. And so right. it was a lot of like time we spent just like bullshitting. And about after a year, one time I shaved and he can finally see my face <laughs> and I have a, a pretty big overbite that you can't mm. tell because I have a big chin and a beard. And he realized that like my air was not going straight into the instrument. It was going down and straight through. He's like, oh my God, we need to fix this. Like you're, you're, you're this is so inefficient. We're like, you could be so much better if, if I could see that your, your, your lips or your teeth are not lined up. Um, That's so funny, but also yeah. like, you're probably like I'm here like I like yes. trumpet but that's a lot of work to fix something at yeah. that point in your life yeah. you're almost like no <laughs> it, I found out like comically late in my life I probably yeah. had like four trumpet lessons left ever and I was like oh like that's good to know in case but, like, like <laughs> yeah but like I just can't pass on yeah yeah I have to go like drink and play softball <laughs> or something um but okay so you've you've ended up playing all the instruments that's really that's super fun so okay so you get into the bassoon Mm-hmm. And talk about not a lot of solos. No, yeah. <laughs> so you have to sort of love playing your role, right? In the band? Yeah, it's a good way to put it. Um, and I think it, it also kind of highlights, you know, bassoon players have a really specific personality. And I think that, that mm. we are those type of people. We love being a part of something. We love, like, you know, sticking out a little bit, but mm-hmm. not necessarily, like, sticking out because we're the best at something or because like we really want to show off it you know we just kind of want to like we get to be quirky and that like has a stick out as opposed to being like oh look at this great solo i get to play Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um and of course Mm -hmm. i love to like pretend anytime you know you could very much hear uh the bassoon it was like a solo um Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. like I don't know. I was never the sort of sort of person that was like striving for that or, or even was looking forward to it. I feel like I had solos in some things throughout high school and college and it would just like, I would just get so nervous for them. Mm. <laughs> was, mm. Yeah. That's a, them. I love when I love when, in, you know, in the beginning of 101 Dalmatians, the, the animated movie, when yeah. all the people look like their dogs, I think about totally. that intro a lot. I feel like that is with, people who are in band and their instruments <laughs> you know we're totally yeah we're like like i can't help i'm just like a trumpet kid like i just yeah. i'm a little like I'm, I'm here everyone needs to know that i'm in the room yeah um and it's funny to hear you talk about bassoon players in that way and like have have the evidence to back <laughs> it up you're like me beecher emily mangus like we're all like a little goofy yeah. <laughs> and, and fun and interesting like if you're near us you hear us like kind of like say something but you know other than that you don't really notice we're in the room <laughs> we're mm-hmm. just kind of chilling mm-hmm. and like yeah, <laughs> yeah you all like ordered off the menu and you're like doing your own thing yeah. um that's really fun. I can just picture the three of you just like different <laughs> grades, right? You're not in the same yeah, social like, circle, but like no. you found each other in, uh, in band. That's really sweet. Um, okay. So you're into the, you're into the bassoon and now mm. is this like when like Nisma or like, like playing for a grade start? Oh God. Yeah. Out? Yeah. Yeah. Talk about like one of the worst 
Nisma serves a great purpose. It's really important. It's a great thing to strive for, but like, God. it also kind of sucks, right? Yeah, I mean, it was yeah. the worst. Yeah. So, the, especially like, oh, as someone who like was really into music and, uh, you know, everyone always expected me to get, or like, you know, McCran would expect me to get amazing Nisma grades and everything, yeah. and like go to all county, go to all state, but like, it was one time. It's like one little performance. Mm-hmm. And to this day, I've never been to Allstate. It just like never, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Never yeah. worked out. <laughs> and with bassoon, it's not like there's like three of you, right? Three Allstate bassoon players, maybe. Right. It's like, yeah, it's not like flutes where you have to get 100 in order to have a chance to get in. But mm-hmm. there's also not like 20 bassoon players. Yeah. In Allstate, sure. there's like five of us yeah so try to be the top five in the state good luck yeah that's really true because i i made the all-state choir and people like that's great i'm like yeah there were 35 tenor ones like just tenor (laughs) ones like i could have easily auditioned as a tenor two or even a baritone if i was like like found the right solo so like totally there were and like (laughs) boys with high voices like i i had a pretty good shot you know yeah (laughs) (laughs) and how many boys are in choir in high school anyway yes yeah yeah um but um so nisma if you're if you're uninitiated and you're and you're listening you basically just like sing a solo and get a score or play a solo and get a score Mm -hmm. there's like a sight reading component for 10 points um and you get a grade and like, I mean, Andrew LaCoche was a jazz guitar player. There was yeah. one jazz guitar player in the state. So I think he got a, <laughs> like a hundred and like, it was like yeah, a lottery at that point. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. he, he must've gotten a hundred. Um, and yeah, it's like those things don't matter. Like there are plenty of people that <laughs> it has no bearing on uh, your worth as a musician or a, or a player. But so you were doing that and like, you'd go to like all county and stuff were you like really mm-hmm. into that did you love those like those weekends and stuff i loved it when i was younger mm. um i think like as Same. you know when when i was only in school band it was like so great that it was so much better you know yeah. and that we really were like performing great pieces uh i was definitely also one of those like kind of snooty people that by the time high school rolled around i was like this causes more like disruption to my life than is worth it you know yeah, yeah. i also like i i was in honor bands that would play every saturday you know and mm-hmm. and stuff like that so it was like i didn't i didn't need the better fulfillment through like all county or anything which is yeah you had to that say, but it like it, it was a lot of hours it was a lot of time for like a few days yeah. if you were playing sports like forget about it yeah you know it costs like like senior year i remember being at my buddy aj's house and we're like dicking around like watching wrestling and i was like i gotta go to all county choir like i'm sorry guys like this sucks i do not want to leave um and like like, they should just get rid of all county at that point yeah 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 it's like a victory lap and i also i just i also remember sometimes like i loved i had such a great experience in garden city music and Mm -hmm. um you know, a lot of those people I still talk to and I'm, I'm close with, kids and teachers. But every once in a while you get to Allstate, and I remember a couple of conductors who were just like mean or like not cool. <laughs> I remember being like, oh, this sucks. Like I have to get yelled at by this guy now for three days because like he has yeah. some degree, you know, oh, we went to Eastman. Right. Everybody, you know, bow down, <laughs> you know, whatever. Um, yeah, I didn't, I didn't dig that. Um, okay, so that's middle school. And then... Mm-hmm how does marching band come into your life? Cause this is now, cause marching band is sort of like, um, its own thing. Totally. Um, I, 
Mrs. Boonchef had so much influence over my life for those like three years. Um, I, re- I remember. Shout out, Mary. Yeah. Like, All the Boonchefs. Um, I remember walking in the band room and it was, it was the Zorro year, uh, was like the upcoming, um, say it was the spring and Zorro was like the upcoming fall. It was going to be a fall. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I was walking into the band room as a seventh grader and it was playing. And I think she like, kind of just was like, I think we were all just like getting our instruments together or something like prepping to go to a band. And she just kind of like was talking about it, you know, like that it was an option. I guess mm-hmm. like even, I think some, some, some people from marching band might've come down to like, to give a little talk about it or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I just, of course, me being the band kid that I was, but the influence that, uh, the band room had over me, I just like signed up that day. Of course. Um, yeah. and th- it was me and Marissa birdie mm-hmm. also signed up. Uh, and we had been friends for a really long time and it was like kind of the first time Marissa got really into music. So that was like kind of a cool, cool thing for us. Um, mm-hmm. Love female trumpet players. Yeah, Loved it was. And uh, I remember, I, th- I feel like I went home to my parents and I feel like they were just a little confused. Uh, <laughs> because like, you had all these brothers that I, were not in the marching band. Right. No, they were, they were the football players. The football players. Yeah. And, so uh, they're like, oh, we know those nerds. Yeah, right. <laughs> and my them. parents have definitely like, you know, envisioned me, you know, playing lacrosse and playing field hockey and, you know, like fulfilling that like athletic dream. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, they were, my mom was happy that I could still do field hockey and uh, marching band in eighth grade. But then that was like a whole thing once we got to high school. But, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, so I was one of those crazy people that like was in the high school marching band while I was an eighth grader. What, um, and what, what were you, what did you play? I played grade. saxophone. So you were marching in eighth grade. Yeah, I was. Yeah, like I would go to the wow. high school for rehearsals. I would be on the bus. <laughs> oh my god! With they probably no one has probably ever felt older than seniors when you're in eighth grade. Totally. What? Yeah, it was like who are these like who are these people? Yeah. Oh, I probably know. I was so. I was a ninth grader at the time, mm-hmm. but I didn't join yet. I joined the next year. Right. But I re- you right. okay? So that was like the, the Tom Cordell year. Yeah, right. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. And so, and is there any other eighth graders with you that are like playing up? Um, I think there was about five of us. Uh, whoever okay. it was, like Marissa and I were really not friends with mm-hmm. at all. You know, it's like Marissa and I would just like sit on the bus and like listen to, I think like Rent on the way to, uh. <laughs> on the way to like competitions, but we wouldn't really, <laughs> we were just kind of, I don't know who we'd hang out with otherwise, but that's we liked so it enough funny. to recruit our friends over the years. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's the fun thing about marching band is yeah. that like I was a recruit and then I brought like Bercheri and James Ross, like slowly, like the trumpet section just like built yeah. with the people I was hanging out with at school. Exactly. Um, okay. That's really fun. So, so Zorro was that first show? Yeah. That was a great show. Yeah. That was, I think that was the coolest, like Zorro was such a peak for the marching band. Mm-hmm. And then you joined. And then I joined. <laughs> we hit such an incredible Rock low. Bottom, yeah. <laughs> like so bad. <laughs> Yeah, the drop off was um, from what I hear. So I, I mean, I told Seneca that in our conversation, yeah. which is like I had no idea we weren't good. <laughs> I was like, this right, is sweet. Meanwhile, like I even like when I was a senior, him and I, or a junior even, him and I would have so many conversations about like how bad we were and how much better we were getting. Mm. And it was all funding, you know. They pulled out all the funding underneath them, which he kind of referenced. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That's really 
That's really funny. It makes <laughs> it's funny that I had no idea. Yeah. I was like much more concerned about kissing girls, probably or like whatever yeah, it was, totally. getting mono, than I was like what we were scoring. Like it never occurred to me. I was like, oh, yeah. like I'm just like happy to belong someplace. Um, and then, so you joined. When does and then you became a eventually you became a drum major. Mm-hmm. Um, when did that start? I'm I'm fuzzy on the timeline of that. Um, you we auditioned at the end of our freshman year, so that when you were a sophomore, you could like be conducting the pep band. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. You know, so it was that's pretty right. early. Mm-hmm. Um, that was like the big like conversation. That was like the big blowout with my parents is that like by the time freshman year rolled around marching band, I didn't want to play field hockey anymore. I was like, why am I going to kill myself mm-hmm. to go to field hockey practice? And then, you know, marching band, I was like, mom, I'm going to be a drum major in two years. Like, yeah. <laughs> Do you understand? It anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> you know how he's conflicted in high school musical? I am not conflicted. <laughs> yeah. Like I see my path. This is it. Yeah. <laughs> Um, that's so funny. Yeah, because like drum majoring is sweet. You conduct. Oh yeah. You carry the block. It's, it was like um, we were quietly super stressed for like days like two through three of band camp, mm-hmm, like memorizing mm-hmm. all the counts and everything, and making sure that like you all didn't like notice that we didn't know what we were doing. Yeah. Uh, but after that, it was like super easy. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I love that. Um, did you go to drum major school? I actually was like, I was the first person to be able to like also not go. Really? Uh, yeah, because I was, um, I was a Bernadette person, so I was like, oh, you went to like, summer camp. Yeah, I was like, peace in. I don't really want to. <laughs> I just want to keep being a counselor. Yeah. And he was like, oh, okay, fine. <laughs> yeah, we're not worried about you. And then I think no one, yeah, no one ever went after me. I don't think. Um, oh, interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Um, yeah, I love summer camp. I mean, I worked at summer camp till I was like old as old as hell. It's the yeah, best. It's like the, you cannot give that up for. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, summer camp will end. <laughs> yeah. If you if you get really into drum majoring, you can always do drum majoring. Um, actually, now that I have your attention, uh, yeah. uh, Doctor Pando, is that um, uh, the camp I worked at the double mm-hmm. H ranch for it's for children with chronic illnesses and we need oh, medical yeah. volunteers all the time. So you oh, should no go. Way. Yeah. It's, and if you're a doctor, it's like the sweetest gig ever. You like, cause they, if you're a nurse, they assign you to a cabin, you're like passing mm-hmm. out meds. You gotta like really be on top of like 12 kids. Yeah. But if you're a doctor for the week, you go, you get a little cabin, you walk around. They only call you if there's like a big emergency. Yeah, it's totally. like a sweet deal. That is um, good to know. I, uh, I'm going to send you that stuff. This, this, this podcast has a lot of subplots, but one of them is me recruiting people for camp. Um, but yeah, Paul Newman founded it. It's upstate New York. Um, you can That's even awesome. do like a winter weekend or like a fall or spring weekend. Oh, have, really? Yeah. Oh, have wow. an yeah. There's a ski program. They put kids in wheelchairs on skis. It's That's like, awesome. it's the best place on earth. Yeah. Um, and especially if you miss summer camp, you can get like, you could literally volunteer forever. You'd be like, I want to just like hang out with kids. It's heaven. On earth. Um, okay. So you're into, you're into drum majoring. And at this mm-hmm. point, you know, obviously you're doing, you're doing well in school also. Mm-hmm. Um, at this point, is it still going to teach music? That is like, Oh yeah. Yeah. It was like, that never wavered ever. My parents would even be like, Oh, are you sure? Like, but you know, um, Cause you're doing like, well in school, right? Like you're like taking AP oh, science yeah. classes like, and shit. Totally. Like, you know, very super, super strong student. Um, 
but like I was, I was so strong at, that I didn't even take, like, I didn't take an AP science as a senior, you know, mm. I, why would you? I'm going to be teaching yeah, music. Exactly. I t- I dropped out of AP English in a senior year. I was like, I don't need this. I'll teach speech and expo and like film. <laughs> yeah, you know? of course. <laughs> like, classic. Yeah. Senior year, I totally like dropped off because I took four periods of music and it was like the best thing. Yeah. Oh, that freedom. You took, yeah. you, you must take an AP theory with, with Ludwig. Yeah, 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 and then uh, and then remember that like extra year that like we all oh, didn't do anything. Yeah. <laughs> the bonus <laughs> that was the year, biggest dog. joke of high school. Uh, <laughs> best kept secret. Yeah, um, yeah, that was um, <laughs> first period senior year, Mr. Ludwig. Um, yeah, extra theory. So okay, so and what do you at this point in your life? <laughs> And I, so I empathize with this in a big way too, because for a long time I, I wanted to teach music and I went to a liberal arts college. So I knew that like, right. I knew I wanted to take a circuitous route to get there, mm. but I also was like convinced and like people would tell me all yeah. the time where they were like, Oh, like, it's really nice that you know what you want to do. People would tell me that all mm. the time. And I didn't realize, um, what they were telling me was that like, cause most people, Change their mind a lot. Like I thought, right. I was. I like, thought it was. I thought it was praise, and it should have been like, hey, like, warning. Just open, yeah, just be open to yeah. the idea that like life is long, oh, and gosh. we change our minds a lot, and changing our mind is good. It's a exactly, really good we should. Thing. It was yeah, like... um, you should have different priorities when you're 15 than when you're 30. It's totally. just like you're a different person. <laughs> um, so you're really into music and so you mm-hmm. and you know you want to do music ed music education yeah. i pretty much like you know i had always looked up to my music teacher so much and they had like given me so much you know such a big sense of like self-confidence and i felt so like you know safe in the music in like the band rooms and stuff in general you know like they mm-hmm. really gave me like the positive high school experience yeah. i had yeah. you know because i felt so like i felt like i belonged Mm. Um, yeah. So I really wanted to like provide that for other kids, you know, yeah. as a music teacher. But I also kind of knew that like I never wanted to be kind of like I said before, I never loved when I had solos or anything like that. So I knew like performance was always off, off the mm. docket. You know, for me, it was always like that backstage sort of like have influence sort of route. Yeah. Yeah. There's a communal aspect to it because some people go off and are performance majors and totally. play trombones and pits and teach. And um, there's a solo aspect to that too. But myself mm-hmm. too, like I would take music lessons and solos and stuff. But for me, it was like, oh, I want to teach choir because I mm-hmm. like the idea of like holding court. You're like, all right, tenors and basses, like let's work on this part. Like we're going to sing together. We're going to breathe together. It's a communal thing. Yeah. Social. And I love that idea of being a conductor. You know, it's like if you're a high school band director, like you're you're a conductor and you're really working on your own like art that way. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. That would have been cool. That would have yeah. been great. And there's a social, yeah, there's a social aspect to it with the kids too. You're like, you're there totally. for really important times in their lives Um, and I feel like you know a lot of people are scared of teenager phases but like I'm not I'm I'm never scared of that like moody teenager mm, you know it's like I just remember being one you know the smaller kids a little scared of (laughs) at summer camp so (laughs) at summer camp I found my niche which was the the 15 and 16 year old boys Mm -hmm. that was like by far 
that was where I felt most comfortable. That was where I excelled. I had a little dabble in like 12 and 13 year old boys, which is mm-hmm. like fun because they're like crazy. But I yeah. prefer the ones that you can like sit and have a conversation with. But it turned out by the end, my niche was 15, 16 year old boys and six, seven and eight year old girls. <laughs> we're like are they on the same maturity level <laughs> honest, truly truly like you would meet like a seven year old girl who was like it's time to brush my teeth yeah <laughs> <laughs> we had a lice we had a lice outbreak in oh, my no. seven year old girl cabin and I'll never forget this we every week at, at camp we go to the great escape which is like a, mm-hmm. the six flags up there oh yeah yeah and this one girl has lice and we get everybody together like all the counselors one of the girl counselors found it because i would never have found it right i'm, oh, I'm not yeah. brushing hair even if i were <laughs> brushing the girl's hair i would do a bad job and i would never have found right. it. right <laughs> so I, they always give me a really good staff because they're like gabe's not gonna notice like certain things um <laughs> he needs a lot of women around to yeah. like clean up his like messes so this girl jenna finds the lice and we have to wake up the girls at like 6 30 in the morning 7 in the morning oh, geez. so they yeah. can all do the lice shampoo oh my god thing. what a nightmare <laughs> and i remember waking these girls up like hi girls like we're going to the amusement park today why don't we all take showers and use this new shampoo and all of them without question were like mm-hmm. okay they did not question me for one second really? they were like oh of course we have to take showers before we go <laughs> and I remember being like oh like if I wanted to like I could just like put these girls in my car and like drive to Canada they would be like cool they'd be like yeah like, no, we're going to Canada this isn't weird at all I was like I, I, this is power they're so nice they're just like the sweetest <laughs> children are beautiful um but that was a real tangent, but I just, it, it, it occurred to me. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, God, how did we get there? Uh, oh, high just, schools. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. High school. So, yeah, so I connect with, with high schoolers too. I much yeah. prefer the, the one-on-one aspect of it, I think is what I really fell in love with. And what I actually, mm-hmm. what I do now in my day job is I college advise and I run a writing center. And so oh, nice. very rarely now that I do comedy, <laughs> and I'm running around like doing stand up. Like I talk to groups of people all the time and it's mm-hmm. exhausting. But talking to one person, I don't feel like I have to be on in any way. Oh yeah. Um and so part of me thinks like, oh, if I ever <laughs> this is <laughs> I think about this all the time. I go, if I get somebody pregnant and I need to like have a real life. Yeah. If I have to like really settle down and like I've messed up and now like I'm a father and it's okay. <sighs> what is my plan? Like, how can mm-hmm. I like make money and be a person? And I'm like, Oh, like I would become a guidance counselor. Oh, you'd be uh, great. Oh, thank you. That's very kind because it's just one-on-one. No, but yeah, you never, right. you know, you don't have to like, like when I think about teachers and doing like five periods God, a day, I, 40 minutes, a clip, that's so much standout. So, like, <laughs> like it's so much. It, it, like it really makes me think of like, um, I, you know, by the, you, there was a little nerves in the, you know, the beginning of med school, like, go, go see a patient. But, you know, it's like mm. by year three, it was like, go see a patient. And, you know, I was never nervous about it. I could just walk in the room. Yeah, Cause like you said, it's one-on-one, you know, you just take their history. You just talk to them. You just figure out what's going on. And that was always like pretty easy. Like that was never stressful. Mm-hmm. And it was often mm-hmm. energizing, especially if the person was like uh, engaging in it. But yeah. there, nothing comes close to the amount of dread I felt going to teach every like Tuesday morning at like 630. We would go and we would teach like 
four elementary schoolers, like four first graders music. Mm. There was so, I had so much dread yeah. <laughs> to do just that. Yeah. I was like, I don't know how to engage four, like seven year olds. Like yeah. what? Yeah. It's <laughs> like, exhausting. It's, yeah. it's truly exhausting. Um, and more power to them. Totally. Um, but yeah, that's interesting that you bring up, obviously you bring up talking to patients. It's, it, <laughs> I think teaching, a, <laughs> teaching somebody, I, you know, if I play pick up the trumpet right now, it would not be pretty, but I mm. could sit, I feel like, maybe this is not mm. true. But I feel like <laughs> I could sit with a seven-year-old right now mm-hmm. who wants to play the trumpet and like one-on-one, like I would feel very confident that just with a conversation and a couple pieces of music, like we could get through somewhere. Right. If you put me in a room with five, seven-year-olds, to te- I would truly, I would, it would stress me out. I would get, I would expend all my energy and I would be exhausted. Yeah. Right. Like, uh, it's crazy thinking back to like, you know, the period of my life that I thought that that's what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And not that I ever wanted to do it with that age group, but just, you know, when you're with so many people, you, it's just like, you know, it's constantly about like classroom management and like, how do you mm-hmm. keep everyone engaged and like keep them on, you know, topic yeah. as opposed to one-on-one, you just kind of, you know, figure mm-hmm. it out as you go along. Yeah. Yeah. When you teach like, even 10, 12 people, my worry is like, oh, like when I would teach like a, a tenor section something, I'd be like, oh, the altos are just sitting there doing nothing. Like you're mm. like neglecting like a whole group <laughs> of kids. And like always in right. the back of my head, I was like, oh, like they're bored. They hate me. They hate the tenors. This is miserable. Right. It was like going on a date with like 12 people at the same time. <laughs> That's so funny. Like one-on-one, it's like, like, I can check in. Like we can have yeah. a third, but yeah. <laughs> Um, okay, so so you end up, you go to Potsdam, right? Yeah. Which is like the SUNY for music education. It is yeah. like the Olympics of music education. Uh, do you get there and you dig it? Do you get there and want to be a doctor? Like where? It was a, I digged it, like amazing. I would never change that undergrad for mm, anything. Love it. Um, it was love amazing. It. Um, you know, because just like, like we said, all the positives of music, you know, in, in middle school and in high school, just like continuing college. Mm-hmm. Uh, it wasn't until I was like really, really thriving. And then I think like sophomore year, end of sophomore year and then beginning of junior year is when like the ed curriculum really kicked in. And it was, you know, when we learned about the theory of it and everything and um, and we had to transfer it to doing actual projects and Mm -hmm. uh, actually teaching kids. And that's when things really started to like go off the rails for me. Um, Yeah. I very quickly realized like, you know, I don't think like teaching in a public school is for me. And Mm -hmm. thank God I figured that out soon enough. um, And like early enough. And it was to the point I was like, so like I said, that, that, pit of like fear going to teach students was so bad. I was like ready to drop the ed, become like a music, like history major, mm. you know, just kind of like go from there. Cause yeah. uh, you know, like I always liked the music history and stuff and writing those sort of papers. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But my, my parents were like, absolutely not. Music ed is such a strong degree. <laughs> you oh, yeah. know, you have power. Like, get a job safe. right you get certified like yeah right you have great job security like people generally see that it's like you know a good degree and you know like proved um you accomplish something uh 
but then I, so, uh, you know, I kind of knew I had to like get through this ed thing and, and, you know, I dealt with it, yeah. uh, as best I could. Uh, but kind of, you know, in the back of my mind for like a good year was like, what the, what, what do I do next? You know, yeah. like, where do I go from here? Yeah. Um, and I kind of knew that like, uh, academic wise, like I did really well in college and I kind of figured like, you know, like I need, I need another sort of challenge, you know, like I haven't like hit my, hit my limit yet. Mm. Um, so, you know, in the back of my head, I kind of go through like, you know, I'd really love to be a conductor. Maybe I'll get my DMA in conducting, you yeah. know, and, yeah. and, yeah. but uh, like, conducting classes weren't like super driving and you know mm -hmm. so I really just like went through all the different DMAs I could get and nothing really clicked you know nothing was like easy and driving and and eventually uh I was like what what else did I used to do mm. like I spent 10 years of my life doing music you know like what did I kind of forget about along the way yeah uh, and that's when I kind of, that's how medicine kind of like started just coming back, you know, thinking about science yeah. and kind of just like making that leap. Yeah. I love hearing that. I think with the music ed thing you were talking about in terms of mm -hmm. like, like the third year or the fourth year is it's really like teaching music, at least like the way it's set up educationally, like it's a little bit like a trade school almost where it's like, totally. where it's like, this is no longer this is no longer purely like academic mm -hmm. and it's no longer purely social. This is like, these are the skills and the requisite like things you need to check in order to do this. Totally. And it's kind of daunting to be like, and this is basically <laughs> what it is for the next 40 years. Cause it's, it's absolutely, that was always the thing that like freaked me out. And it's so funny because I didn't think past 22 ever. Mm -hmm. And I think I thought that I would just like run out of ambition that like I was an ambitious kid and mm -hmm. I never identified it as an ambitious kid, but I was like, I wanted to yeah. achieve things and I wanted to do things and be in plays and all these things. And then when 22 happened, I was like, Oh, I have my whole life now. <laughs> and I have to figure <laughs> out like what I'm going to fill with those hundred years. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's interesting to hear that that's where the, the switch happens because I think that's, that's a thing I really understand too. Cause I didn't I, do yeah. formal student teaching, but I did teach in a marching band. I taught the pit mm -hmm. and I wasn't being observed. I wasn't doing any of that, but I was like, I don't know if I can do this for 40 years. And I, I talk about that a lot with, um, you know, one of my, one of my best friends I graduated with, like also like kind of figured out really similar time to me that like, I, I don't want to do music, like, you know, teaching and just like long-term music is not it. Mm -hmm. And we mm -hmm. often kind of talk about, you know, how much fun we've each had just, you know, exploring, what we want out of life mm. and just trying to think about the people we graduated with just like you know they're 25 they're 26 they get tenure and now what yeah it's the equivalent it? it's like, like having what? it's like having a baby at 22 yeah. and there's nothing wrong with people who do that like i'm no. very happy for them but if you're 22 like you're sort of you have an anchor now Right. Um, and like, you know, this is, I guess like I found this through my career and, you know, like I'm going to work 80 hours a week. It's not like I'm going to do much else with my life for a few years. And, you yeah. know, at the same time, like, you know, music teachers, they have, they have so much free time, Yeah. Uh, you know, with their summers and, you know, mm -hmm. at least in compared to my future life, yeah, they can pursue all these other things, which I'm also, you know, looking back now, it's. I wish I had some of that time in my life. But. Of course, of course. Yeah, the, yeah. There's a, there's pros and cons. A, everything. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, 
but no, I mean, I definitely, I definitely hear you on that. And I, I think a thing that I thought for a long time was like, oh, if I pivot, like it, it would somehow like invalidate all this time I spent doing these mm-hmm. other things. And now I really feel that it is a cumulative thing. Um, totally. That you're not a failure. Me personally, I'm not a failure <laughs> for, for trying new things and pivoting and just enjoy, like, just do what you're excited about. Do what's going to give you the most purpose at the time. Um, and God, I love high school music. It's a really important thing to me. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I mean, you know, I, the high school music, like the, my undergrad in music, it late, like there were so many skills that we were learning that we didn't even realize. Yeah. You know, and even just like getting, being able to graduate with a, bachelor's of music and then like get into med school years later it's like it's because I it's because I was in music it's because I learned how to work hard I learned how to like just sit in a practice room and like yeah play my instrument for two hours and so I could make some difference over like a number of years you know mm-hmm. we mm-hmm. it's so social we learn how to work in a team like yeah yeah it's all music. Had, had, a t- had to convey <laughs> something to one person um yeah. it's like uh yeah I mean it, at its best, music is such a great education in that, like, mm-hmm. there's all these academic components, there's all these social components, there's like a math component. Yeah. Um, there's a listening, there's speaking. I mean, it's really, it truly is a thing that I don't think I, I wasted any time Mm-mm. pursuing. And like the best people, right? Like people who are oh, really, yeah. you get the people who are, I found like a little bit more upfront with their emotions mm-hmm. by the very nature of like what they're doing. Totally. Um, because they're like, yeah, I want to feel things. Um, mm-hmm. And music brings that out. Okay, cool. So you, this is exciting, Panda. This has been really, really, <laughs> this has been really fun. I don't know if I'm just feeling myself because I've already interviewed a doctor and a music person. So I'm just like. <laughs> We're just connecting with that. Yeah, I'm just like, like, there's nowhere we can't go, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, cool. So you. So you finish school and do you mm-hmm. get a job teaching right away or do you like take some time? I, I know I went right into, uh, my post back. So like taking, a, so I graduated, taking right. So med, I, the pre-med classes. Yeah, exactly. I, I really you. thought about like, maybe I should teach for a year, kind of like give it a try, make some money. But, um, every time I had to write a cover letter, you know, like that was it. Like I couldn't do it. I could not do it. Um, and especially like I student taught my like last semester of college. So I think that was like, you know, that was it for me. I I, like, I expended all my teaching energy and it was just done. Um, thankfully both my sponsor teachers too also knew that like I was going to go into medicine. So they also didn't push me very hard. So Mm, it's just kind of a nice, nice, like senior, I just write it out. Uh, but yeah, so I graduated, I took the summer and then I started at Stony Brook doing all my, all my, uh, pre-med stuff. Were you driving out there? I was, yeah. I was living with my parents. I drove, like drove out there four or five days a week. Wow. I put on like 20,000 miles on my car in a year, (laughs) 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 but it was a lot of fun. (laughs) Yeah. Were you digging it? Were you just like, oh, another academic challenge, like another thing I can sort of conquer? It was 
like Potsdam was so nice that so many of my friends were from Long Island anyway. So it's like I still had all my friends around. Mm -hmm. It was, Mm -hmm. yeah, it was like another academic challenge. It was like a little weird at first getting used to like a 500 person lecture hall where like you don't know your professor or anything. But but once I got used to that, it was just kind of like, it was kind of nice. I had my drive. I listened to so many podcasts Mm -hmm. and, you know, Mm -hmm. I would just kind of, I didn't ever go there with the expectations of like making a ton of friends. It's like I was there to get a job done. Yeah. Um, and it was kind of nice just like doing my own thing all day long. Yeah. <laughs> that is, that is really satisfying. And like, God, I really do admire you making that pivot so quickly and not being mm-hmm. like, but I did this other, like sometimes yeah. the best decisions I've made decisions in my life where people were like, I was between two things mm-hmm. and then I make a decision and cause I had a, a thing at Hamilton where after my freshman year, I was like, I should, I need to be a music ed person. Like this is too oh, artsy really? fartsy. Yeah. I almost left. Yeah. And I was like, I need to go to Hofstra and just mm-hmm. teach music. Like, like this is fun, but it's not where I'm supposed to be. I'm supposed to be teaching music. Right. And I was miserable that whole summer mm-hmm. because I thought I was doing this thing that like I thought I was supposed to be doing instead of the thing that I should be doing. And when I, once I made the decision to go back to Hamilton, I never thought about it again. I was like the yeah. happiest person in the world. And when people would say, Oh, like that was a huge decision. You were so stressed out. Like, how do you feel now? I would be like, oh, I know it was a good decision because I never think about it. <laughs> right. Like weight lifted, just like Yes. Yes. So, everything's so easy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, of course. So you must be feel you're are you feeling that way about science? Are you just like digging biochem and labs and all that shit? Yeah, I was. And thank God I, I had I also had like the foresight to uh I took my senior year, like my last semester at Crane, right before, you know, go student taught, I took general chemistry. Like I took like chem 101 Mm. with like, you know, freshmen who are like trying to be pre-med people. And I like, I freaking loved it. It was like the best thing ever, you know? That was like the good tip off of uh, just being like, you know, if you go and do this at, you know, for a couple of years at Stony Brook, like it'll be worth it. Cool. Yeah, I was digging it. Yeah, (laughs) I love that. I love that. Um, and, and there's pressure that we put on ourselves. Like I had somebody mm-hmm. once give me music advice and I was trying to figure out if I wanted to like be a music teacher or not. And they, they told me that like, if you don't, <laughs> if you don't take my advice, like don't ask for it. And I remember being like, <laughs> and I remember being like but I just, I'm just trying to get new perspectives. <laughs> like, yeah, you, really. like, I don't want to sign a contract. I just want to hear what you have to say. Um, like, <laughs> Isn't that what life is? Just like, you know, you know, I'm living my life, right? Like it's not, it doesn't belong to you. Um, So yeah, I really do admire that for you, Pando. Mm -hmm. Um, That's, uh, that's really, really cool. And then where did you, did you go to, where did you go to med school? I also went to Stony Brook. So I was also, uh, Oh yeah. Yeah. So I was fortunate enough that I took, I took like 18 months of my prereqs. I went like, you know, every winter, summer, like, because it's Straight nine through. classes for pre-med, right? Something like that, 10 classes? Something like that, and I can't even... I just know, like, oh my, I had, my roommate in college was pre-med, and it became a award-winning podcast the, yeah. producer, so, you know... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a good thing I didn't start off as a pre-med, or else I would have never got to med school. <laughs> um, yeah, something like that. Um, all those science classes. And then, like, I had the extra time, so I also threw in, like, a writing class. And, you know, I had some fun with it, doing some other stuff. Cool. Um, but then I was fortunate enough to, you know, normally when you apply to med school, you have to take, like, a whole year. Like, you put your applications in in, like, June to start 
a year later, like the following August, if that makes sense. Process and right, it's like this whole thing. So yeah. luckily, like I had like once again I excelled at my post back that uh, Stony Brook was like, you know what? Let's like fast track you. Like wow. So I finished my post back in May, and then Stony Brook was like, here, let's just like interview you, and then I started that August. So like Whoa. that was like yeah. Good for you, Pando. Yeah, it was really... Sometimes I kind of wish, like, oh, I could have done a lot with that year, you know? Mm-hmm. But also, at the same time, it just would have been stressful. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's great. You know? so, what a, yeah. what a what an inspiring... Because so you applied to one <laughs> medical school. Yeah. I saved a lot of money. I applied to one med school, just, like, yeah. knew where I was going. And then it was fun. I got to, you know, then I moved out to Suffolk. Uh, oh, nice. I, I didn't have to drive that. anymore. Yeah. <laughs> um, so when I ran into you, mm-hmm. I wonder when that was... I must I have been like... home from Scotland. So it must have been at least the 16, 17 school school year. I graduated in 14. Yeah. I taught 14, 15 in Scotland. Home fall of 15. Somewhere fall of 15 mm-hmm. to 16, somewhere in there. Yeah. Uh, so I remember sense. being like music teacher and you were like med school. And I was like, that's amazing. <laughs> like, good yeah. for you. That's sweet. Yeah. 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 I was going to most of my UCB when I was like, obviously still living with my parents because it was yeah. so easy. Yeah. I know that Chelsea <laughs> Theater. You know, Panda, that Chelsea Theater is open again, but not for really? UCB. They're doing yeah, like stand up and stuff there. Yeah. Because uh, it's a great stage. It's fantastic. Totally. But I was always kind of partial to East. Really? You're an East? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I loved East. Also, there was a bar really close by called the library and they had the best picklebacks. Ooh. Okay. Yeah, okay. So. East Philly. I, was, I, <laughs> I, don't I don't know if it's still there now, but <laughs> yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know, but I, I don't drink, but I would go there for the pizza. Cause they used to do, yeah. I used to do an open mic the at UCB boots. East. Uh, and yeah, I, that stage it was fun. I saw some great stand up there, mm-hmm. um, but also as a performer, the sound isn't as good. So what's mm-hmm. great about Chelsea right. is like when the, you get a huge laugh, like the sound like really echoes. Um, and East sort of was like an old movie theater. Um, yeah, totally. But okay, so you get into medical school, and then from there, you're just like a medical student. You're just like grinding it out, all your classes. Yeah. Just trying to, you know, balance everything, you know, like go through med school without going crazy and just kind of. Of course, of course. Med school is like such a nice, obviously it's like a hard thing to get into or whatever, but it's kind of nice that like once you're there, it's like you're going to, you're, you're going to match, like you're going to. You know, it's like if you're in a USMD school, it's kind of like your whole life has like kind of been figured out. Mm-hmm. It's like you're mm-hmm. kind of on this like really safe track and I just kind of get to ride it and like make sure. Yeah. Yeah, you there's just security. Kind of stay in within. That. Yeah, like keep doing your thing, keep right. doing well. Like there, there is a path for you. It's not. Yeah, <laughs> it's so not it's like you're like... a New York comedian where it's like I don't know um, right. where like, I'm going. Six uh, months, where are you going to be, Gabe? Like, yeah, really... I don't know if I get hired somewhere. You know, yeah. hopefully working on a TV show <laughs> or something. Um, but uh, okay, that's really that's really cool, Panda. Well, I'm glad. <laughs> this has really just been like a catch up for me. If anyone listens, that's like besides the point. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's the cool part about this podcast. Yeah, like, I, I dig it. I'm really. Yeah. And I'm I feel really like, like 
the people who went to high school with you also get to catch up with these people through you. <laughs> mm, yeah. Yeah. You know? There's some people. Yeah. Somebody just texted me. They're like, we need to, we, you need to pick somebody to interview you because we have a lot of questions. Yeah. <laughs> I was <laughs> thinking that too. <laughs> so I'm, I'm working on it. I'm thinking, and the other thing I'm, uh, here's a, I'm just giving away all my secrets. If you listen an hour and five minutes into the Pando interview, you get all the good details. I'm thinking about, I would love to do a thing where I have like two best friends on. Mm. And be like, tell me about your friendship. Like, what are all your yeah. stories? What are all your inside jokes? Um, and maybe that could be its own thing. Maybe that wouldn't. That even, would be really cool. I could, I could extend that. You know, especially like ten years out. It's like, mm. you know, I don't really talk to people from high school anymore. So it'd be interesting to like listen to people that do who like yeah. maintain that friendship for so long. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so they, lot of, lots of things on the horizon. I also, yeah. <laughs> I'm giving away all my secrets. I, um, I've gotten really into women's soccer. I'm like, oh, yeah. I'm like all in on the Portland Thorns. I like watch all the games. Totally. I'm like, oh, like what the world needs is a man's perspective on women's soccer. Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, maybe I'll do that. Like, um, it'll be funny. It, you know, like I won't be a misogynist. Like it'll be really, it'll be good. Yeah, I promise. Yeah. Like <laughs> I won't piss anybody if off. If it hits the right audience, it could really take off. Yeah. Like, I think that's the thing. Like, I don't want to be like, Oh, I'm only chasing clout because like, I'm really not like I'm doing, yeah. you know, I'm not doing things to try to go viral all the time, but that's a thing where I'm like, Oh, I could, there's a, there's an audience to generate. It's like a new totally. enough thing. Um, but okay, we've reached the point in the interview, Pando, where I get to ask you my my world famous fill in the blank questions. Um, so here we go. Mm -hmm. A piece of music from high school I still love is blank. Uh, October by Eric Whitaker. Oh, Eric Whitaker, great hair. I know. Yeah, great hair. Like great hair. Sometimes it's cringy that that's the piece, but it's a great one. It's yeah. a good one. Yeah. Um, October. Um, that's a band piece. Yeah, October specifically banned as opposed to like uh, like sleep. Okay, which yeah, could be both. yeah, sleep is great. So Eric Whitaker wrote yeah. this beautiful music. My favorite, I will listen to October. Mm -hmm. um, I forget that he has band arrangements because he's, yeah. uh, I was a choir kid. And so for me, Leonardo, do you remember Leonardo Dreams of His Flying Machine? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I love that piece of music. That's a um, great one. That's one of his more complex and like it's yeah that's really good to listen to. Well, it's so I mean the idea of the piece is right is like Leonardo da Vinci dreamed of flying at a time when like you couldn't fly, um, and so the piece like has some English, it has some Latin, and then those themes and languages overlap, and like Leonardo like takes flight <laughs> in his imagination, and it's just it's just incredible. It's um, great. Is October like a love piece? Is it? Um. I I think it's really just a bit kind of like, um, I forget all my music terms now, but it's really just like, you know, what you would imagine, like the changing of, you know, the seasons into mm, autumn, yeah. you know, just like a very, it might sound a little weird in summer, but just like very like warm and cozy sort of. Yeah. Yeah. Peace. I know. <laughs> autumn is, is an introspective person's favorite season. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So I look better in pants. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Um, I love that pan note. Um, the best marching band, I think you've answered this. The best marching band show was blank. Oh, Dancing with the Gods. Well, it's not Zorro. That, that, was no. your, that was your senior year. Oh, it was my senior year, yeah. What was his name? So Craig, better. Craig Jenkins? What was his name? <laughs> Carl Jenkins. Carl Jenkins, yeah, because I was, was some leaving. good music, yeah. <laughs> that <laughs> was great music. <laughs> cool. I'm going to, I remember leaving 
And we had just done West Side Story, which again, perfect for me, you know, music, yeah, musical yeah. theater nerd. And then there was the music next year. And I was like, they were like the music of Carl Jenkins. And I was like, I don't know who that is, but I hope it's really good. But it was the first time we did like, n- like just music, you know, it was just like a truly like well <laughs> music. And it was great. <laughs> no gimmick, no frill. I love, I love that. Yeah. Um, and we'll end with the, uh, the best late night doctor snack for Dr. Pando is what? Oh, wow. I think it's, you know, it's still mac and cheese. White cheddar mac and cheese. Like Trader Joe's, like shells, like yeah, mac and cheese. You, you know? can't go wrong. Like not craft anymore. We're at least going with Trader yeah, Joe's yeah. or Annie's. <laughs> we, are, we, are, we are learned <laughs> <adulthood>. doctors. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that brings us back to the earlier point, which is like, doc, your doctors are just doctors, right? They're eating mac and cheese yeah. out of the pot <laughs> like, with a wood spoon. Absolutely. <laughs> um, I love that. Well, Pano, this was such a fun 70 minutes. This really was. <laughs> um, thank you so much for doing it. It'll be out on Thursday. Awesome. Um, and I really appreciate you doing it. Good luck in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Go Bucks. Thanks. If you're ever around, let me know. <laughs> Truly, if I ever do comedy there, and then I guess you'll be there for the next hundred years. So I will let yeah, you exactly. know um, when I'm out there. Awesome. Cool. It was good to catch up. You Bye too, you. Panda. See you later. <laughs> well, there you have it. Christine Pando, doctor, teacher, fun person. I hope you enjoyed it. I'm going to give you another three seconds on the back end to give me five stars, text a friend, put it in your Instagram story and tag me. All those fun things that will keep this podcast growing because we had so many listeners last episode. We're just growing and growing and growing. So keep sharing this around and it allows me to keep doing it. Uh, And hopefully one day um, make some money off of it or whatever it is. Um, I just want more people to hear it for right now. I'm in the growing stage. So please check it out. Uh, I mean, you have checked it out. You listened to an hour and 20 minutes of this, but uh, please share it <laughs> and uh, come see a comedy show. I'm doing so, so many comedy shows, just like DM me because I have my weekly, but also like a bunch of other shows that I'm running around to. Um, so just uh, come uh, come hang out at a show. I'm working on all this new material that I really love and the city's back and we'll get a cup of coffee. It'll be fun. Nice talking to everybody. Bye. Bye.